On today's episode of Peak Too Early, we have an interview with Connor Mance from the national champion BYU Cougars. We're going to recap cross-country nationals, and then we're going to announce the winner of our cross-country nationals pick'em pool. So let's get it started. This is Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring Mike Gendron, Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. Hey everybody, and welcome back to the greatest running podcast in the world, Peak Too Early. I am one of your hosts, Steve Jenner, and I am joined by Mike Jenner, who is somewhere off the coast of Connecticut. Mike, how you doing? I think I'm doing good, Steve. I'm doing good for now. Um, I got a flu shot today, and every time I get a flu shot, A, my arm is killing me, right? Like, <laughs> good thing I don't have to play, like, a football game this Sunday or anything like that. If if I have do at Thanksgiving on Thursday, do some pickup football, I already have a built-in excuse because my shoulder's killing me from it. And... I feel like it's already going to start making me sick, so I don't know. I I don't. I'm I'm pretty skeptical of this flu shot nonsense. You're preaching to the choir right now, Michaelson. <laughs> I I've gotten them before. I did not believe it. Whoever gave me my flu shot last year, I swear she did it wrong. I I was more sick last year than I've ever been before, and it's one of the first years I've ever gotten a flu shot. Steve, do you get flu shots? No, no. Yeah, love it. Not for me. Not for me. Love it. And as always, at the House of Sav, we got Trent Fontanella. Trent, how you doing, bud? Oh, boys, I am exhausted. I pulled a classic washed-up runner move. I uh, ran into a, you know, a kid I used to run with in, in high school, ran against in college and so forth. And we so we meet up for a run. Um, this guy was in great shape. And I did the classic, not going to say that we're going way too hard. Just crushed it for like an hour. <laughs> Uh, I had to peel off a little early because uh, I was so toasted. So feels like I did, you know, my first workout in, in several years. Um, so I am I'm like, totally exhausted. It's a classic washed up hardo runner move. <laughs> I did my first run back from vacation and it was not pretty, especially since I'm racing in my high school uh, alumni meet tomorrow. So uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But guys, what a weekend. This was uh, we've been building up to this day to this past weekend since the beginning of the podcast. We've been thinking about cross country nationals. You know, we we say it all the time, but we kind of just put up with track because we have to. But we are cross country guys at heart. We love it. What did you guys think? What, What did you guys think of this weekend? Steve, I thought everything pretty much went as planned. You know, everything that we thought was going to happen, like I was trying to tell you guys before. NAU at minus 600 was a no-brainer. If you don't take that deal, you're an idiot. So, yeah, pretty much everything went according to plan. Good job on us. Oh, man, I wish I, – I told you, Trent. I told you. I said if Vegas was offering that line, that would be the best bet in Vegas, to bet that somebody wouldn't win a national championship. We'd be plus 600 richer right now. What would this? What would this the the line be if it was like a you know like a minus thirty or a minus forty spread for for BYU? I mean, no, nobody in their right mind would have ever thought that BYU was gonna win by a million points like they did. Domination. Mike would have been hitting that that live bet, uh, you know, on the the NAU line, you know, five K. Like, oh, they got this. <laughs> yeah, they're they're, they're coming back. They're coming back. The eight K. <laughs> oh, they got this. They got the big kick. And all of a sudden, Mike, you know, loses. Goes from one small bet to, to being down threefold. 
Well, let's not waste any more time. We got a treat for the listeners today. We got a quick interview with national champ of the BYU Cougars, Connor Mance. Let's get into it. All right, we have one of your 2019 cross-country national champions from BYU, Connor Mance, on the podcast today. Connor, welcome to Peak Too Early. All right, thank you. Thanks for having me. So, Connor, first question, what did you guys do to celebrate that national championship? Uh, you won't you won't believe it, but we actually went and had a fireside um, at one of the church buildings down in Indianapolis, where we talk, where we just kind of um, were together in front of a a large congreg well, not really a large congregation, but a congregation. We just talked about um, like we shared our testimonies of God, and then uh, then after that um, went out to eat, and that was about it. So what was that like? What was that like being able to, uh, you know, being able to talk as a as a champion and not only as a champion, but uh, somebody that just kind of upset one of the great dynasties that this sport has ever seen? It was great. It was a really cool experience to, you know, um, not only talk about like what we did as a team, but like focus on how like it helped like having an internal perspective really helped us as a team to look look forward to uh, the championship and knowing that no matter the result you know it was it was going to be fine in the end but then having you know sometimes you, you usually say that when the result's not going to happen as as you hope and then but we had it as like a we actually had the result we wanted so it was a really cool really cool experience so Connor, I'm, I'm sure, unlike most of the, uh, you know, the running world, I'm sure you guys believed that you could win on that day. And and I'll be the first to say, you know, I I I did not see that coming. But did you guys believe that you could win in such dominating fashion? I mean, you guys beat NAU, who was the overwhelming favorite by like 60 points, which is ridiculous. Did you believe that there was a chance that you could win so in such a dominating way? Um. To be honest, I I believe there was not a very big chance we could. The chance of us winning was very small. Um, but I ha- I did not believe that we could win in such a dominating yeah. way. Um, we had you know even the even like believing in winning, you know we knew we were going to go out there and we were going to fight all we had. But NAU has been so dominant this year that right. It, it it's really like when you look at their program and how strong they are. It's it's still unbelievable that we won because I mean like they are such a good team but um, you know like we just went out there and we did our best and 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 NAU was not having that greatest day and it was yeah it was incredible to be able to win by that much I mean to win it all was huge but to win by that much was great yeah so Connor I mean. I agree with you. They didn't have their best day, but I think a lot of people are pointing to that, that NAU kind of blew it. And I was kind of looking through the results and, you know, even if their, their top guys have, have a really good day and are up there on the front pack, to me, it still looks like it would have been a ridiculous battle up front. I mean, I think you guys still, even on their best day, give them a run for their money. Uh, Do you guys believe that you, you know, kind of 
you know, ran above what you, you were capable of and, you know, could have given them a challenge no matter what. Yeah, I think I think even if they had, like, their best day, we could have challenged them. And I think that's what makes the sport so much fun is, uh, you know, like, it's always a grind. And it's like cross-country more so than track. I feel like you have people who will run out of their minds at nationals. And I think we had a few guys on our team who who did similar to that. They went and ran some really impressive races, Brandon Garnica and Matt Owens. Um, Matt Owens especially running his first 10K ever. And, you know, it, it kind of comes with that belief in oneself. I think even if any of you had one of their one of their good days, you know, we would have still competed with them. I mean, that, you said it. I mean, that's that's the beauty of cross country, and that's what makes it different than you know track and even roads for you know for you know a lot of reasons. But you know the elements, the course, it it all completely changes the sport. Um, do you think the you know the 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 course and the the conditions on that day were 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 set up well for you guys, or do you think you would have run well no matter what out there? I think we were willing to run. We were going to run well no matter what. I think that um, a big part of it was that, like, I mean, it, I think it sucks for everyone, but I think we were able to just push through it a little bit better. Yeah. Um, like, I, I think we were ready to have a really good day with the belief that we had and how ready we were to run fast, however we think that. The conditions just made it really hard for other teams that maybe didn't get out so well, like NAU, to really come back from, like, to come up and start passing people. Absolutely. So you finished, uh, you finished third as a sophomore, which is ridiculous. Are you ready to start, uh, start feel? Is it too early to start fielding questions about being next year's favorite, Connor? Um, <laughs> I, I think it's fairly early, um, to really start thinking about that. I think. One thing that me and Connor McMillan, who is graduating now, is doing great as a professional. Um, I talked about about this past track season was always focusing on just the next race. And so, I mean, it, it'll, it'll be cool if, you know, I'm in that conversation as a favorite for next year. However, I think I'm just going to try to focus on the next race, one race at a time and and do all that. It's a very uh, professional answer, Connor. I appreciate <laughs> that. They got you. They got you nice and coached up over there at BYU. I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> all that, or I've thought about it a lot. So. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so, so Connor, we had the you know watching the live stream on FlowTrack. We kind of had the advantage of you know seeing the live race uh, scoring. You know, they had the mats out there, so even at couple points in the race, we could see you know where teams were placing, and as people were coming across the finish line we could kind of see how the race was shaping out and how it was scoring. So I think in a lot of ways, the viewers knew before the actual athletes that you had won. When did you know that you guys had won the, the team title? And what was it like when you won? So it, it honestly, like, I, I didn't hear anything on the course about, like, um, about where we were in the standings as a team. I just heard... I mean, every year someone's cheering, like, oh, you are you, like, past this guy, you guys can win it, you know, like, mm-hmm. I've had that in every race, somebody said that, even in races where it wasn't even, like, last year at Nationals, where NAU just dominated us, um, and so, like, at the end of the race, I finished, and I was actually, 
I, I collapsed at the after the race, like maybe 20 meters from the finish line and was laying in the mud. And one of my teammates picked me up and he's like, I think we won. And I was like, wait, like what? I didn't, I didn't actually um, believe in that first because I felt like I thought we'd won before and we were like nowhere close. I, I mean, last year I kind of thought we might be close and then the race actually wasn't close at all. And it was just how dominant NAU was. So I didn't believe him. And then like maybe, maybe five minutes later, I was like, some people are like, no, I think we won. Like, I think we really did it. And so I'm like, okay. Like I was like, I was really happy, but I'm like still a little skeptical. And then I go over to the media area and somebody's like, so how does it feel to win by 50 points? And it was like, wait, like, <laughs> Oh man, like if it was 50 points, there's no way they miscounted somebody, you know? <laughs> they must have missed somebody in the scoring. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I was thinking at first. Like it really made me nervous. So here's here's another uh, tough question for you, Connor. So the, this morning, um, FlowTrack dropped some like five part series on NAU, and to me, it was clearly like a they had this, they fall throughout the season, and they had it ready to drop the Monday after NAU wins a national championship. Is there any kind of, um, you know, exterior motivation for you where it's like you guys kind of feel like disrespected at times? And, you know, I mean, you kind of said to yourself you thought that there might be a chance, but to me that just shows, it just emphasizes how much everybody thought that there was no chance that you guys beat those guys. Yeah, I think it. I think it's kind of fun. I think NAU deserves all the. I mean, all the credit and publicity they get because they've they've really raised the bar as far as like teams for cross country. And I mean, we've been every year we're trying to beat them, but this year, you know, it finally happened. So I think like I think it's cool to see like I think it'll be fun to watch some of those videos to see how <laughs> what what those guys what those guys were doing like so well and then maybe not so well, you know. Right. Be interesting, I think. So now the thing that, you know, is different that cross country has that is so different from every other season is, you know, you guys start at the end of the summer, you know, you're training in the in the in the brutal heat and then you kind of go into the fall and then you're and then you eventually get into the winter, almost the winter and you're racing in in brutal conditions. And through that time, you know, a special bond is kind of built between you and your teammates on the cross country team. At what point throughout the season did you realize that you guys had something special and that you guys had, you know, the ability to compete for a national championship? I think really early on in the season, um, at our camp, we were like, look, we, we might not have the star power. At that point, we were still thinking Clayson Shumway would be healthy um, pretty soon, which he never ended up getting, getting or he eventually got healthy, but he just wasn't fit. And so we we had thought like oh it'll like it'll come around like Jake Heslington was stepping up and um, I went I don't think it was until maybe mid season when some guys like Matt Owens really like step up and show like hey I'm here and then a lot of other guys who weren't even there racing at nationals had really stepped up and showed that they were they were committed to the season more than any more than they had been to any other season. And I think that showed, like, okay, like, if this is going to happen, like, everybody's all in. So we, I mean, if you have everybody all in, you at least have a shot, you know? 
Maybe cool. that was so, a confusing answer. Like, no, it just, no, it no. Went back, it went no, back absolutely. and forth throughout the season. Sometimes we're like, yeah, we got this. And then sometimes we're like, man, like, we just lost to Oregon. Like, and almost got beat by UCLA. Like, we can't compete with NAU. And then we went pre nats and we're like, oh, no, wait, we got this. We got this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's kind of the nature of the sport, right? No matter how good you're feeling or what kind of shape you're in, you always, there's always this, this internal battle between confidence and self-doubt, right? And you want to have like a healthy dose of both. You want to be confident enough to be able to get out to the front and take the lead. But at the same time, you don't want to be, you know, you don't want to be uh, delusional, right? You want to have some sort of like reservation, some sort of a little bit of doubt that things could go wrong out there. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's like that's probably one of the biggest parts of the sport, and that that kind of happened to us. Like at Oregon, was like, okay, like we had gone in, like, okay, like we got this. Like this season's our season, and then uh, we lost to Oregon, and then almost got beat by UCLA, and just definitely didn't have our best race. And it was a reminder of what had happened two years ago when um, I was, I mean, I was just redshirting then, but when the guys headed into nationals, thinking like. I mean, I, I had thought they looked better than NAU all season. Then Nationals came, and then not only did NAU spank us, but Portland beat us too. And it was pretty uh, – I mean, at moments like that, got to be like, okay, like – Good, I got to focus, got to get the work done. Yeah, you just got to realize that anything can happen and everybody else is really good. Yeah. Yeah, complacency is where uh, where runners and teams go to die, right? So um, so now you guys are national champs, and, you know, you still got two seasons left. How much time do you give yourself to, like, take this in, enjoy it, celebrate it, you know, be a national champion until it's like, all right, time to turn my focus back to – to training and grinding and racing and competing how much time are you taking to really just soak this all in taking taking about a week and then <laughs> like not a ton of time because you don't want to you, you don't want to let your head get too big but it, it is fun to enjoy it enjoy it be like hey like just running with the guys today in ESPA like on am I mean, a bunch of us are just doing some short, easy runs, just talking like, man, like, did that really just happen? Did we really <laughs> just, like, do that? And it, it's been fun, but it's going to be good to eventually get back. I mean, next week, just start doing workouts. We'll, we'll probably start just with, like, one workout a week for the first couple and then jump back into two. But it'll be fun to, like, it, or it'll be good for us, you know, humbling to – jump in the first workout and realize that we built ourselves all up so good in our minds and then just get hammered and stop it <laughs> through well, a workout. Yeah. Well, Connor, as someone who uh, at this point in their life can only dream of holding that uh, NCAA team trophy, make sure you take the time to enjoy every second of it because that is like, that just seems like the coolest damn thing in the whole world. Uh, thank you. Now you guys get a ring, right? Yeah. We, are, we, are you we ever going to take that, that thing off? Oh, well, I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. When that <laughs> I would wear it 24-7. I'd wear it yeah, to I'll, Nationals next year. <laughs> I probably will, honestly. <laughs> I, I like that. 
don't want to seem like too cocky with it, but it's like, man, like just what that's going to represent. And then to have that with me, it's going to be like way cool, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. It, so, it's, uh, it's cool though. Like, Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. It's cool. Like I remember, um, we ended up getting like conference rings this year for our indoor conference. And it's our, which is the MPSF, and that was really cool. But then to like, and it meant a lot because it was like the first time our our whole track team had really come together. Or maybe not the first time, but since I've been here, it was just the time when we all came together. But like, with the cross country one, it's gonna be sweet because, I mean, it's it's just meaning that like that uh that persistent and consistent effort to just like work so hard with the boys and then finally overcome, you know. The resilience yeah. of not this year and not this year. Okay, this is the year, you know. Definitely. Well, hey man, we are we are pumped for you. That race was it was something to watch. We had so much fun watching you, and we're gonna be cheering you guys on and in, indoor and out the, outdoor. So uh, thank you for coming on the podcast, and let's stay in touch. All right. All right, sounds good. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Thanks. Connor. All right, talk to you later. Bye. And that was a awesome interview with Connor Mance. Thanks for coming on. Looking forward to what he's going to do in indoor and outdoor. Like we mentioned during the interview, guy's only a sophomore. So we're going to get to see a couple more years of him racing and him up front. And I'm really excited to watch him. Steve, I wonder, uh, you know, what kind of supplements and nutrition products that Connor Mance was using going before that race. I don't know what he was using, but I know where he could get it if he needed it. Yeah, going forward, I mean, he's going to be coming back next year. He's only a sophomore. So, Connor, if you need more of those supplements, some of those vitamins, nutrition products that you were using clearly to make you an amazing runner, go to thefeed.com. The Feed is an online nutrition sports vendor and the number one resource for athletes. The Feed offers everything you need for training, racing, recovery, sleep, anti-aging, weight loss, and heck, the feed even carries products that can cure a hangover from a post-race celebration. The feed carries over 200 brands of the best sports nutrition, recovery products, and supplements. Whether you're looking for hydration products, gels, energy bars, foam rollers, CBD products, or quality supplements, the feed carries it all. Brands like Muritan, Goo, Honey Stinger, Cliff Bar, Infinite, Infinite, RX Bars, Vital Fit, all of your favorite brands available at the feed go to thefeed.com use promo code p2e15 that's p2e15 to get 15 percent off i just know one thing that we i say every week when i read that you know you're listing all the benefits one of them is anti-aging should we start looking into whatever their anti-aging product is since we're so washed up and you know it's thanksgiving weekend and it's like the wednesday the high school reunion wednesday before i think we might need to start looking into some of those anti-aging products that the feed has Maybe if I take enough of it, it will take me back to sophomore year of college, right, yeah. like, like Connor Mance. That's right. Well, we, I mean, we, we've been, I mean, we've been partnered up with the, with the feed for almost two months now, and we've been talking about them, how much we love them for the past two months. But this is truly it, guys. If you do not use the, the, the promo code P2E15 this week by the end of November, then the discount's done for you. But if you use it by the end of, end of November. 
then the discount is extended through the end of December. And guys, you're going to need those stocking stuffers. So gotta, go gotta, ahead, gotta, buy gotta. something on the feed and, and lock in that discount for the next month. Stocking stuffers, Thanksgiving. I'm not much of a cook. I don't know about you guys. What am I going to bring? Probably just a bunch of energy bars from the feed.com. <laughs> Power people after that morning football game. That's right. That's right. Well, hey, guys. Let's, uh, we've talked a little bit about BYU, talking a little bit about NAU, but let's kind of jump into our recap of nationals. Um, first thing, I just wanted to start off watching the, the pregame a little bit on FlowTrack. Like I said last week, I, I, I broke down, finally got my FlowTrack, um, you know, paid membership. Um, but <laughs> the pregame, the pre-race stuff, so forced. Like, Not it was, great, Steve. It was, it was cringeworthy. Like, I was like... I really like wanted to get hyped up and I wanted to watch the pre-race stuff. Guys, it was really bad. Well, so Steve, this is me and you had talked about this and the biggest thing is they're trying to do it like other sports do it. And you know, we always talk about you got to watch this sport like a sport and you know, we got to promote that kind of culture. But just because we want to watch it like a sport doesn't mean you have to copy everything that they do. So all these segments they're doing and trying to like interviewing fans and which are mostly just like parents who are coming to watch their sophomore run at a meet and probably have watched like three cross country meets in their life and have no idea what they're talking about with cross country. It's like <laughs> you have to be creative and you have to find ways to get people engaged that isn't like trying to copy what the NFL does because listen, the NFL has a gigantic following. So if you go around doing these things, it's going to be super entertaining. And I just, some of the stuff that they were doing was, it wasn't great. It was not funny, and it was very awkward, and uh, <laughs> just, there's got to be a better way to do it. Yeah, we were talking, yeah, like you said, you can't do the same stuff that other other sports do. Like, if you walk out into an NFL parking lot, NFL tailgate, you, you absolutely can just pull people aside, throw a microphone in the front of the face, and you're probably going to get gold, right? You got to work a little bit harder cross country. You can't just wander around the parking lot because, like you said, Mike, it's parents that probably have no idea what's going on. <laughs> Just throw out a tweet. Be like, hey, what college students are at nationals and want to be on flow track? And you'll probably get a, a you know, a, tons of people reaching out to you. And you can get a bunch of hyped up college students, fans, fun interviews. I, I just, I think I went about it the wrong way. You'd think you'd be able to get a little, like, college game day atmosphere there. Right. Like, hey, guys, we're doing this for, you know, 20 minutes or something. All you you college kids out there that are cheering on I me mean, you see him out there i didn't see him this time around but half the time people are running around like naked out there you know with the giant <laughs> flags and the painted chests or whatever you could you could get a little segment where everybody comes around the camera as you try and you know talk over it fake a little uh not fake the excitement but the excitement is so spread out in a cross-country course it's not you know consolidated you got to try and bring it in for a few minutes and then the uh <clears throat> i i like kyle merber and he so he was kind of kyle the merber. He was kind of the man on the street, kind of wandering around doing the doing the uh, the sideline interview with people. He's a, he, I mean, he, he's an entertaining guy. Like I, I thought it was a good uh, good move by FlowTrack to bring him in. But dude, the tell me who's gonna win for a dollar bit? Oh, so that's bad. So Trent, I don't know if you saw this, but he was walking around. He's like, let, for let, a dollar. Let, let, let's let's do it right now, Steve. I'll I'll, I'll be Kyle Mover. I'll be Kyle okay. Mover. Hey hey for 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 a dollar, Steve. Uh, uh, excuse me, sir. For for a dollar. For a dollar. Who who do you think's gonna win today? Uh, NAU. Oh, I'm sorry, so close, but it's the fans. Uh, excuse excuse me, sir. Excuse me, sir. Who uh who who do you think's gonna win today? Alicia Monson. Oh man, that's a great guess. That's a really good guess. But no, actually, it's the fans. That's trying. It was like 
15 minutes of that this, skit. It this was, is absolutely cringe It was worthy. not good. It was it not was good. So bad. <laughs> that is awful. I mean, that's like, you know, you can make one bad joke, right, to, to one person. But to, to repeat that is just, bad. Uh, bad. I don't know. It's just like losing any credibility that the coverage would have had moving into it. Now, no, I don't get the $4. Was he saying, you know, bet, make a dollar bet on, on who the winner is going to be? Is he giving a, people a dollar to participate? Yeah, it's a rip-off. Uh, yeah, it's a rip-off of a Billy Eichner uh, skit that he does on his TV show. Yeah. So it, it, the, the whole thing yeah. was a rip-off of he did like a Dave Portnoy <laughs> cookie review and a Billy yeah. Eichner, uh, you know, you know, uh, what is it, Billy on the street. They were just ripping yeah. off stuff. But anyways, enough of that. Let's get into the women's race. What do you guys think? Mike, you got any reactions uh, just to jumping out to you at the beginning of the women's race? Yes. So my obviously my biggest investment was with Alicia Munson. I mean, we just had her on the show. We're huge Wisconsin fans. I was rooting for the whole way. And it was like I, I have never been so into a cross country race for because she was right there the whole time. And, you know, kind of fighting in that lead pack. And uh, Kaladi, when Kaladi went, though, she put down a hammer of a move. And, listen, you know, you wanted Alicia to go with her, but I, I just don't think it, it would have mattered. I don't think it was a smart thing for Alicia to do looking in hindsight because nobody was going to beat Kaladi on that day. There just nobody was going to beat her. She was, she was the best runner there. And I think Alicia set herself up because last year, Kaladi did a similar thing, but ended up getting outkicked. And I think Alicia was trying to set herself up to, to reel her in late in the race and try and outkick her and run that way. And just nobody was going to do that on that day. Um, so that was good. Kaladi's my girl, though, from New Mexico. My uh, my my Lobos from New Mexico. So that was good. We uh, had a nice um, representation from them. And uh, Arkansas squeaking out the win. I mean, it was close. It was very close. We almost had a BYU on the women's and men's side getting the win. Um, but uh, we, me and you talked about this too, Steve. But So the live scoring is super cool, right? Because, because it was so close between BYU and Arkansas throughout the race, you kind of got to see that. The only thing I wish, and I know that there's factors to it, right? There's money and can we get that a couple more times, right? Because mm-hmm. yeah. we only have it at the, the 2K and the 4K and then the finish. Why not do it every single K? And there was times when they would, like, go over the men's mats. Like, why not just turn those on and have it going and have that live scoring going the entire time? I was watching it with my wife, who, you know, could care less about cross country or running, and she said something to me where it was like, it just seems like a bunch of people running. Couldn't you just watch, like, the last minute of it and have it be the same? And I was like... Yeah, but I mean, couldn't you make the argument like you could watch the last minute of a basketball game? And to me, the biggest difference is, yeah, but in basketball, you have the scoreboard up the whole time, right? There's a way to yeah. track. Where in this, she's kind of right, right? I mean, if you don't have that live scoring and a way to track what's going on, it does just look like a bunch of people running. So those are my big takeaways, I think. Alicia ran great. Kaladi dominated. It was a great team battle, but I wish there was a way that we could get more interaction throughout the race. With the with the big move that Kaladi made, it was like it was exciting, right? And we were obviously all rooting for Munson, um, but it wasn't like you know heart bumping, you know, like crazy because it felt like she had it in control and the team scores are not constantly updated. And then all of a sudden, you get that great like overhead view of all the runners coming in, and the announcer's like, uh, "There's a BYU girl, there's an Arkansas girl, somebody yeah. from Stanford, that's three in. and they're not even like 
like they're pretty sure they've got everybody, but they're not totally sure. And you're like <laughs> trying to look and see, you know, all the uniforms end up looking, you know, the, the same at a certain point when it's rainy and muddy out there. So you go from like, you know, this is really entertaining and this is a really good race to watch to like, holy shit, like who who, who did I miss? Who did I miss? Who's there? So, um, yeah, I agree with you. I wish we could have a little more earlier, but it does like create this last like, you know, 60 seconds of like, oh, my God. And then the results when they update. It's like pretty impressive technology yeah, to get up there, is. but you're like not totally sure, right? So it shows like <laughs> they won, and you're waiting because it's like three seconds later it could rearrange on you based on you know some runner who's like chipped and get red or something like that. <laughs> yeah, well, I was just thinking, I was just thinking the selection show, like yeah, yeah. possibly. <laughs> well, so to your point, Trent, I uh, I think peak too early was the first people to announce that Arkansas had won the uh, national championship on social media because it popped up that score popped up and i immediately just posted it on social media i was like <laughs> screw it i don't care if we're wrong like we're allowed to be wrong so i'm pretty sure we were the first to announce the national champion so good on us um couple things yeah i agree with everything you guys said i mean kaladi it was her day i mean she was just in a very very impressive move early on um BYU's top three pack running together the oh, entire yeah. race. A lot of fun to watch. Really cool to see three people, you know, the top three runners on your team kind of powering through and just kind of being a force up front. Um, and then, Mike, you were telling me about this girl from Arkansas, Kate, yeah. uh, Katie Izzo. Katie Izzo. She is. So, yeah, I wanted to get to her. I mean, you could make the argument that that's why uh, Arkansas wins that race, right? This girl, she... It, you know, in the past year or two, she got in a car accident where she, like, broke her back and her leg. Last year at Nationals, she finished, like, 83rd or something like that. This year she comes in and she finishes third, right? I think she finished third. Katie Izu yeah. finishes third for Arkansas. She's Arkansas's number one runner. And it gives you that kind of one-two punch with her and Taylor Warner up front. Such a badass and such an incredible story and performance. I mean, she had had a great season, and, you know, people were starting to recognize, like, wow, this girl's really moving up. But, I mean, she was right there in the mix. She she almost uh, took down Alicia at the end. And really, I mean, I, I think Arkansas won by, you know, six or eight points or something like that. And it takes an effort like that. It takes putting that, that low score up front. And if, if she doesn't have that day... They're not national champions, so unbelievable performance from her. Yeah, yeah, the pack running in general up front there, right? Izzo and Warner right next to each other and those three yep. BYU women uh, right next to each other. One point the uh, flowchart guys were making that I really appreciated. So Kaladi, right, makes this big move. This is like the same thing she did at Nuttycomb this year where mm -hmm. Monson came and tracked her down. So to see like the swag on her, uh, to just like, nah i'm gonna do it again like yeah. some might say it's a little boneheaded at first like what are you doing you just did this it failed uh to see her just do it again have full confidence in herself and see it work out like that was just super impressive yeah and then in her, her post-race interview oh. she was she was talking a lot about nutty cone it's just like Kaladi, girl, just just be pumped about this win stop I, making excuses for nutty cone i i hate to like you know, crap on my girl from New Mexico, but yeah, she just wins a national championship. She's getting like the immediately sideline reporter, and they ask her about that race, Trent, and she talked about Nunnycomb for like four minutes about how like she was traveling all over the place, and you know, her training wasn't at this great spot, and she wasn't in the best shape then, so Alicia's a great runner, but that just, you know, it wasn't my time. It was like, 
dude, you just ran, won a national championship. Like, why don't you just say, yeah, Alicia had a great race that day. Uh, today I was lucky to, you know, I'm happy I was able to get the best for today. It, it was a weird dynamic, but whatever. I mean, she's a national champion. She, she can do whatever she wants. She can do whatever she wants. Sounds yeah. like we're, we're Team Monson, though, for sure. <laughs> this is a Team Monson we, podcast. <laughs> we made it very clear from the beginning of this podcast that we're big Wisconsin fans. So, sorry. Um, funny side note, it was just like, while, uh, while Kaladi's getting interviewed, there's just, you know, <laughs> girls crossing the finish line and, you know, we've all been at the, at the finish of a, of a cross country race, especially a big cross country race. And it's not, it's not pretty. Right. And it was just like, she was just wrapping up her interview and this girl behind her just comes right behind her and she's like puking off the <laughs> side of the finish. It's just like on the cup. And it's just like, it's, it's such a weird sport, right? Like, cause people, I mean, there it's, it's a sport of like pain management and management and like putting your body through like the absolute, like the absolute most it could possibly take over like a relatively short period of time. And so people aren't in the best shape when they cross the finish line. So I was just, I just thought that was hilarious. Maybe one day when the sport gets big enough and like, you know, it's on national television and we can get those beautiful moments on like NBC with like, you know. <laughs> Aaron Andrews on the sideline, like interviewing somebody and just girls puking all over the place behind her. That'll be a special moment. Well, we were talking to Sinclair, right? And she won the national championship and like she's being interviewed by ESPN and she's collapsed on the infield. Yeah. Of the track. <laughs> it's just it's like, it's like, come on, give her a minute. Or maybe like, let's move off like the track a little bit to do these interviews. Sometimes in other sports, the sideline reporter gets hit with the Gatorade dump or something. Oh, yeah. In our sports, oh, just like the, the puke <laughs> flying around. Um, so Mike and I were watching watching the uh, this race together, and in between the, the the men's and the women's race, it it brought up the question. And I think you know I don't want to go too deep into this. I mean, we could probably spend all night debating this, but why why do we why do the women and men run different distances? Let's make this uniform. Let's run the same distance across both. Let's just make it both 8K, right? Yeah. 8K the entire season. Right, and, and that's the thing. Like, you don't need to bring them both up to the 10K, but, like, on the track, women run 10Ks. Right. And, like, women run the 10K well. The 6K for women is such a weird distance. I mean, it it is not like a uniform distance anywhere else. The only time you ever see that is at championship cross-country meets, and it's it's not like women are not capable of running it. Like there's no reason to, to handicap in this sport. And if you drop the men down to an AK, which is what they run all season anyways, and jump the woman up to an AK, then at least you have uniformity throughout the sport. And it just makes sense. Not to mention, like it, it always drives me nuts that the championship meets are not the same distance as like the regular season meets. Like that would be like, you know, you play, six innings in a regular season baseball game but then once you get to the playoffs we bump it up to nine innings like why why is it different so i agree with you i think we should make them the same and just run 8k's all year long make cross country an 8k 8k race yeah that's that's where my beef is i don't care that they don't run the same event uh i think maybe it helps by not you're just like comparing the times uh it's better to kind of have times that aren't as comparable which kind of think is could be good but it, my beef is the ridiculousness of adding the the couple Ks for the last two races of the year or the, or the 1K for the last race of the year. I mean, it's pretty similar, but there is like slightly different, you know, ways to approach and to train for a 10K or an 8K. Like you see a lot of guys just run out of steam after the 8K because 
I mean, the training's probably exactly the same for the most part, but the mental part of it, which I know we're kind of like go out there and run the race that's given to you, but this is we're getting to a national championship where we prepared all year. I mean, it's like what we talked about with the, the regional meet uh, last week, how, yeah, same distance, but just moving the surface of the, the race does have an effect on like, you know, uh, a team's mindset going into it. So uh, I'm glad we brought up that point. I, I hate that. It's so stupid. Yeah, and especially like we like Mike, you kind of mentioned it a little bit. At least the 8K and the 10K are both like fairly common distance in the in the world of distance running. Um, you know, five mile, 6.2 mile, like those are pretty standard. The 6K, you don't see that anywhere. No. <laughs> like it's so it, random. And doesn't 5K and 6K seem short for cross country? I mean, yes. like doesn't it make it like a different dynamic? Like cross country is supposed to be a distance event and on that stage of 5k i mean even for women is like the lowest level of distance event at, at anything lower than that you're creeping into like the mid distance range uh so I, I feel like it makes more sense for the woman to be running the longer distances too i mean why not make it a, a a distance event and and to your point trent where that jump can change things and i'm not saying it needs to be an 8k if like they wanted to make it a 10k i could support that too i just think it needs to be uniform because a guy our guy, Ollie Hoare, right? Like he's someone who was affected by that. I think he was having a great season. Not that he didn't have a great nationals, but you could see that the jump to the 10K had an impact on him, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I think you could see that that was kind of changed the way that he had to race. So I just had a wild idea. Either all 8Ks, right, or the same all year round, or like a constant change of range, right? Like every, you know, big meet is somewhere <laughs> between 7 and 12k or something I, like I that. Like that would standard be awesome. distance. I like that more. The distance yeah. is dependent on the course. I the think course I just talked myself into that. Yeah. I like I like that. Um all right, moving on here. Um men's race, I mean, this would I, for me this race lived up to all the hype. It had everything I love about a cross country race. Um Kiprop taking it out hard to the 2K, and at the 2K, I think my new hero emerged from the pack to take a strong lead at the 2K. Uh, Peter Sufer from Virginia Tech, this big dude, he looks like he was he was a little built, he was a little bit taller than everybody, kind of emerged from the pack and took a strong, big lead. And it was one of those things where it's like, I love the move here. I don't know what the hell this guy's doing, who the hell he thinks it is. But what's going on here? And and just throughout the race, I'm watching being like, oh, man, this guy's hanging on. This guy's hanging on. And as the race, when I was talking to Mike, I was like, you know, he's going to fall off. He's not going to win. I just want to see an effort. I just want to see an effort from him when he gets caught. If he can get top 10, top 15, that's awesome. Hangs on, sprinting down the finish line, almost gets to podium, finishes fourth overall. Guy, Guy was the man. I mean, he, he's just everything we preach on this podcast. Yeah, I mean, so I, I watched the race live, and then I came back and, and watched a replay with you, Steve. And I came into it, and I was like, Steve, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but I'm just telling you right now, you are going to watch, you know, your favorite NCAA runner right now. I can already tell you you're going to love this guy. And I was so right. You, you, you know, even before, like, when we thought he was going <laughs> to fall off or you thought he was going to fall off, you had already decided, like, I love this guy. He's just grinding. He's going out no, there. He's pushing the pace. He was in the pack. And I was like, Mike, who's this big dude in the pack? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it he was like, look like, like a, a runner. And a half in, I, was like, I was like, who the hell is this guy? He looked yeah. like he went out for a pass in a football game and just got yeah, lost no and ended up on the cross-country course. <laughs> 
But he, I mean, he commanded the race. Like, I think it wasn't until, Steve, what was it, like 8K or 8.5K, I think, when Kurgit finally took the lead. He was almost 9K. He was 8.5. Yeah, so it was like from 2K to 8.5K, this dude had like, and we're not just saying like he was leading the pack. Like, he had like a significant lead. Like, he had like a 8 to 10 second lead on the entire rest of the race. And then, yeah, I mean, he manages to, to finish fourth and be right there. An unbelievable effort. And that's exactly what this sport needs to be, right? Like, that kind of effort is what's awesome. And just to put, like, you know, the, the, the finishing kick to it. So now I'm looking up this guy. I'm, like, going through his Instagram. And a year ago, in a, in or an outdoor 10K, he, like, put himself in a hospital on his effort in the 10K. This dude is yep. just a badass. Like, the epitome of distance running. Love this guy. If he we should. were to sponsor an athlete, if Pete Too Early was sponsoring an athlete, this guy would be the guy. That's Sav right. of the week. Sav oh, of the week. Oh, Sav of the week. I, yeah. Sav, Sav of the week. Peter Super. Sav of the week. 100%. Yeah. He should have died, right? He should have totally fallen off. Like, he was obviously pushing himself way too hard for that in the point. And that, that was the beauty of it. Not the fact that he took the lead, which was cool, but the fact that he, like, responded because once you just get like hit in the face like that where your world starts collapsing we've all been there as a runner like all of a sudden you're just gone and like everybody's everybody's running by you you're just you know not moving what it feels like and he just somehow responded it was incredible i was telling mike i was like i just want to see some sort of response to them yeah i was like even if he finishes top 20 i think this is still a win for him guy finishes fourth and then he was on the podium. 16th last year. So, like, yeah. he knew the race that he wanted to run in order to have his best shot at it, and he did it and just, like, fearlessly went after it. It was sweet. And, and guys, there was I wrote down a note here. At the 3.5K, right, there was a sharp turn, and he slipped. Like, he almost yeah. fell over because oh, it was sorry. a little muddy. And I just want to say, as a fan of this sport, I'm really upset at the NCAA for running a race in these kind of conditions, the you fact really that they didn't, the fact that they didn't move this this race to the roads is just an outrage to the sport. These these runners were unsafe out there. I mean, we had some elite athletes out there, and I mean, you could see by the performance of some some you know really special athletes out there, and we put hundreds and hundreds of collegiate athletes at risk of injury of you know you know hurting themselves of rolled ankles by putting them out there in those conditions, those rainy money conditions. I I, it's it's really despicable. And it's not yeah. like they didn't know it going ahead. There was rain in the forecast. Yeah. You know, this wasn't like a crazy storm showed up out of nowhere. They knew, you know, days in advance, and they had plenty of time to set up a, a road race. Yeah, no, just uh, or to play like volleyball instead. Or <laughs> are, are you telling me that there wasn't a track in the vicinity? There's no tracks in Indiana. Apparently yeah, not big enough just for all those runners. <laughs> no, I but mean hey, it would have been safer. Obviously, we're kidding. I mean. You see the pictures at the end of the race, like with the, all the guys covered in mud and like BYU celebrating, like covered head to toe in mud. It's like that puts a smile on my face. Like that is cross country. That's what you should look like as a cross country national champion is just caked in mud. Like I want you to be having to, to scrub that mud off you for the next week. Yeah, and if you're if you don't know what the hell we're talking about, go back and listen to episode 36. <laughs> <You'll>, <laughs> you will you will know what we're talking about. Um, hey, my guys, uh, that's right. Klecker and Dressel, best one, two punch in the game, man. Those guys, you know, much like the, the BYU pack up front, those guys were, you know, up there together, grinding the whole way. Um, what was it a second place and seventh place seventh, yep. for, for those two guys? Awesome. Awesome effort by the, uh, the Buffalo out there. 
Steve, I'm kind of mad at you because I wanted to give you a shout out and I was going to bring that up and I was going to give you guys props. I was very impressed. Uh, that one two punch is awesome. Klecker right on the you know heels of Kurge and Dressel hanging in there for, for a seventh was awesome. And But it stinks because they finished one point behind and a almost and i i know colorado is out there for the win right i mean they they weren't running for second place but i think there's something to be said for if you can put nau if you can beat nau on any given day and how funny would it be man if you if they if nau finishes third on that day so it stinks that they couldn't get them but it was close and, and a, a, a good at least upfront effort from uh the colorado boys i was impressed yeah colorado i thought just kind of ran similar to, to BYU where they they put themselves out there from the start and just were like executed a race plan from the very beginning. So Colorado, I'm looking at the results now. They didn't have the fifth guy to really make it work. I think their fifth guy was 75th is what I'm looking at. Um, but those top guys, like you said, they just put themselves into position. That was something Northern Arizona just never did. They never looked yep. like they had a legitimate <laughs> shot at winning. So Rado didn't have the the fifth guy to make it work BYU did but it was the same strategy it was just like get yourself out you know on that crazy muddy day put yourself run with confidence run from the front and they uh yeah big props to Colorado and BYU so it's funny you say that Trent because we're like you know almost 15 minutes into this episode and we're really burying the lead here right I mean NAU not putting themselves from the gun from the gun a a K into this race it was like What's going on? Like they're not in position. They didn't. Yeah. They have two guys that should have been in the top 15 of this race, and you didn't see anybody until you get into the 25, 30, 35 range. It's like never put themselves out there. Huge storm. Huge. I couldn't believe what I was watching. I know. Like it was just like it was just like where are these guys? And I mean, you're contending for uh, your your fourth straight national championship. Yeah. And. I mean, you're uh, on a soft course, like you're not going to soft in the sense that, you know, the the mud and the it's going to be a little slower in positions. It's going to be a, a little bit tougher to change positions. You got to get out there. And they were nowhere to be found the entire race. I mean, you were talking about what was it at the I think at the 2K BYU was out to a commanding lead on the on the live score. Yeah, it was like and, 60 points. And, and NAU was in like se- uh, third or fourth and it just didn't change. And it wasn't going to because like. You know that their top guys weren't were nowhere to be found. Which yeah, I think in the moment we felt like, all right, any they're gonna like they they know what they're doing, right? Like they're a three time champion, like they're gonna pull it back. Looking back on it now, hindsight, it's like it was over from the start. They never had a shot. I had yeah. the same reaction you did, Mike. When you get to the 2K, you're like, these guys are experienced. They don't yeah. have to be in front right now. Because, I mean, at that point, right, the separation between first place and 60th place is like, you know, 10 seconds. Um, So you can easily, you know, make the moves. But there was just like everybody, you know, all the time we hear about the NAU pack and you kept bringing it up during the race. They never like packed up and worked together to move up. When you get to that 2K point of your NAU, you find your boys. You know, you give a little NAU, like, holler, a little war cry, whatever you guys yell to find each other. Um, get those gold jerseys and, and start moving that, making the moves together. But I don't know. They just didn't. And then to see BYU and Colorado do it, like, so perfectly and flawlessly was just – it was wild, man. I think their first uh, first runner across the line was a, was a freshman, correct? Yes. Yep. And it was – I remember watching him come across the finish line. He was coming across in a pack. And – 
he didn't even fight to beat the pack. It was just like, yeah. I think he knew that they were just defeated. And it was just like, I think he knew if, he, if yeah. he's their top guy, it's a bad day, right? I mean, I think it was yeah. Brody Hasty was there. Yeah, um, that's right. So two, two more points for me on, on NAU. Uh, one, and both of these I kind of mentioned in our interview with Connor, but I just wanted to reiterate. One, um, I think if NAU has their best day, they win that championship. But I was doing the math, and if you move up Lewis and uh, Jordy Beamish to, you know, top 15 where they should be, it doesn't guarantee them a win, right? Nope. It, it, I think you, it's so easy to point because those two are your one-two punch to point to those guys and be like, oh, well, yeah, they were way back in the, in the you know, the 30, 40, 50 range. That's why you lost. But if you put them all the way up, it still doesn't guarantee it. Like if, I, you know, quick off my hand trying to do the math, it was still like a five to ten point range either way on BYU or NAU. So I think they it's still a close meet. So it begs the question, right? I mean, it was a whole team effort that they did not run well. And it begs the question, right? Because Flowtrack is dropping this five-part series today, and they have been being followed, and they have been getting their story out there, and they are three-time champions. I mean, were they too full of themselves? Were they too cocky? Were they too almost like we had the same attitude that we all had, that at this point it was almost guaranteed? I mean, literally, today, a series dropped following their season as if it was like already written in the stars that they were going to win. I'm not saying that they, like, didn't train hard and they didn't work hard, but you know how it is. One of those mental things where it's like if you feel like you've already done something before you've been handed the trophy and then you get on the line and the next thing you know, 2K in, you're overwhelmed and it's like, holy crap, what's happening? Before you can even do anything about it, it it's, it's far too late. I mean – you have to ask the question. You have to ask the question because it, it was not a, a matter of talent. It wasn't. I'm not saying that was a ridiculous point, Mike, but that was like radio host Mike Chandon right there getting on the talk show and, yeah. and throwing a little tell, fire. Hey, and and listen, I think it's valid. Tell me I'm, I'm wrong. I'm, tell I'm me I'm wrong. I'm wrong, but, you know, if you're trying to try out for, for EEI next year, that's the clip you send. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I, I mean, I don't think I, – I mean – I don't know how it doesn't impact you. I don't know yeah, how no. it doesn't. So, um, At the same time, though, let's let's not – and, you know, even I was just doing it earlier. Let's not uh, take away from, like, BYU ran incredible. And, and like and you just said, Mike, to your point, right? I mean, like, Northern Arizona, on their best day, they probably win, but it's a super competitive race. Like, BYU yeah. threw three guys in the top 20 like that, a three and a 14 stick. Like, they went out – Northern Arizona had, the like, the target on their back. I guarantee every top runner for BYU knew exactly like where they were in relation to Northern Arizona guys. And I guarantee the Colorado guys knew as well. And the three guy from, from BYU is thinking, I'm three. If I can get in front of their one, he knew exactly where they were the whole time. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, maybe some confidence on their side, but also just BYU is freaking badass. Absolutely. Any final thoughts from, uh, from, from uh, Cross Country Nationals 2019, guys? My final thoughts is uh, after calculating and doing the math and crunching the numbers between New Mexico and Iowa State, my two teams, I won, gentlemen. We had higher finish. Wait, we had how? Fourth on either side. We had fourth on either side. Fourth in New Mexico, fourth Iowa State. That's a, a nice eight combined score. And uh, so I'll take home my victory. 
Steve, you had Colorado. They finished third. And then you had uh, Colorado finish, like, I don't know, 10th or 11th on the women's side. Trent had his boys Portland and Michigan. And uh, I think we had a combined 23, which is lower than eight. So I just want to say thank you to all my supporters out there. Thank you to all the the fans in Iowa. Thank you to all the fans in New Mexico. Uh, We pulled through this together, and I called it – I mean, this was like our preseason show that we called out these teams, and here I am as a champion. So just just a quick round of applause to myself. Steve, you have any final thoughts? Let's get off this guy. No, (laughs) no, my my final thought is that, you know, I think that this this race completely lived up to the hype. I had so much fun watching it and uh, I'm looking forward to next year. Yeah, totally agree. My final thought was I have two final thoughts. One was cross country is so much better than track and everything else. Like when you watch that giant freaking pack and it's like the one K where everybody's right next to each other. It is so beautiful and it's so exciting. Plus, you see all the fans and, like, the full rain gear and everything. It just really got you pumped up. Um, my other final thought is, what do you guys think about the, like, 11.45, 12.30 start times or whatever it was? Is that is that so early? Can we move this back to later in the day so you can get a little more, you know, tailgating in, a little more excitement, a little more beers in your system? Maybe, maybe people like, what other national championship is run on the middle of the day like that? I agree. I mean, and I think this goes back to, you know, everything that we've been saying, the the NCAA, the IAAF, all the governing bodies out there. You need to ask P2 early what what you need to do to increase attendance and people watching and getting into the sport. And we'll tell you everything we need to. I, people, I agree. People, by the time they wake up and like, you know, eat a little breakfast, maybe they got to go out for a little morning brunch or whatever. They, they don't even realize the race has already happened. It's uh. I don't know, dude. Let's let's push it back. Like primetime television is a thing for a, a very, you know, simple reason. And to that point, look for uh peak too early boys to be at the twenty twenty cross country national championships, creating that environment. Yep, yep. We're already the saying it now. Peak Book too early play. tailgate. We gotta That's rent right. like a oh, big yeah. freaking truck or an R V or something. Oh yeah. Holy smoke. Where is That's it this it. year? Uh it's at Oklahoma State Chant. The boys are going to be taking a road trip to Oklahoma. We'll be there. And uh, tailgate. So start signing up. Start hitting us up for uh, next year, the Peak Too Early uh, podcast tailgate session at the Cross Country National Championship. Do you think we can get Mike Gundy out there? Oh, he'll be there. Are you kidding me? Him and his we're visor. Gonna, it's we're going to be have Mike Gundy. We're going to have Sinclair <laughs> signing autographs. Yeah, that's right. Peak Too Early gear. It's going to be great. <laughs> My man, mystery man Isaiah Rodriguez is going to be winning <laughs> on his home course. That's right. That's right. Um before we get into the winner of our cross-country nationals pick em pool, I just want to tell you guys that we forgot to talk about it on last week's episode, but Peak Too Early made a big announcement on their Instagram a couple weeks ago. We are sponsoring our first road race. So we are sponsoring the Irish Clover Road Race on March 8th. Um, so this coming March, March 8th, 2020. Uh, in Draket, Massachusetts. So it's a five-mile race. It's part of a three-race series. So there's a three-miler in Haverhill and uh, a four-miler in Lawrence, Massachusetts, the two weeks leading up to that. We're just sponsoring the fifth. So the male and female winner of this race will get $250 brought to you by the Peak Too Early podcast. Now, if you win the entire series, you get $500 in addition to whatever prize you might win in the five-mile but uh, 
Come on out. Put it on your calendar. Sign up. We'll be out there. I'm thinking we might even record a live podcast at the post-race party. It's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be food. There's going to be beer. There's going to be music. So put it on your calendar now. March 8th. I'm already fired up. I better start training. Guys, this this is a part-time gig for us all right now. To give out that kind of money to the winners of this, I mean, we are we are going above and beyond. So we need people to participate and get get excited for us. I can't afford to do this all the time. Yeah, listen, as a washed up runner, seeking out like the cash prizes for a 5K or a five miler is important. $250 is you don't see cash prizes like that. So you nope. got to show up and, and and try and win that money. Um, so Steve, with that with that said, should we announce our winner? Let's get into it. Let's get into the winner of the pick and pull. Mike, who do you got? Why don't you why don't you do me a favor and uh, and read the top three? So go third, I, I'm, second. I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do you one better, Steve. I'm gonna give you the top five. Okay, All right. good idea. I like it. All right. So some of these I have your name. Some of them I only have your uh, Instagram handle. It's just you know based on what I have. Actually, Mike, do uh do the top eight. Mm, no, we're going to do a top five. <laughs> All right, so... I was eighth. <laughs> with a 30 points on the board, we have our guy, Riley Masters. Congratulations, Ooh, Riley. Nice job, Riley. One point ahead of him with 29 points, Noah McMurdy. With 27 points, we have at Tim PXC 1996 With 26 points... We have at Brooks Guru KC. Oh, that's my guy, Alan. That's right. And one point ahead of him. So third place Ooh, was 27. Tough, tough break, Second Alan. place was 26 with 25 points. The winner of the 2019 Peak to Early Cross Country Challenge, Dylan Forrester. Congratulations, Dylan. Nice job, Steve, Dylan. what did Dylan win? What did Dylan win? Dylan, you won two things, right? Two. First, first prize is you won an entry into the Irish Clover <laughs> Road Race in Drake, Massachusetts. I don't know where you live. If you live anywhere close, come on down. You got a free entry and a shot at the $250 prize. Second prize, you're going to win the first Peak 2 Early t-shirt. You get the first t-shirt. So we got them in a we get them they're coming in a couple weeks. So we'll reach out to you. We'll get your mailing address. So be patient with us. They are coming. But you get the first one on us. So uh, congratulations. Thanks for participating. We had a ton of entries. This was a ton of fun. And we're going to keep doing this. And we might do different variations for, you know, the, the you know, each each national championship and all the big races. But these are fun. We're going to keep them coming. And Dylan, I don't want to spoil the prize, but these shirts are fire. They're fire. Awesome. They're awesome. I actually thought up the design halfway through the Boston Marathon. And I think, like, Mike and I ha- high-fived. I was like, I, it came to me. I think we were, like, at mile 15. I was, like, delusional. I was like, Mike, we should do this idea for a T-shirt. And, it, I mean, it's, it's the greatest T-shirt. I'm amazed done. that you, like, retain the memory, right? Like, based on the description of Steve's, people got to go back and listen to the old podcast and listen to us break down Steve and Mike's Boston Marathon. But they had an interesting race, so I'm surprised that you're able to kind of, like, you know, remember this thought. Well, we had like two small celebrations around it because like I came up with it at mile 15. We got super pumped, and obviously I forgot about it, and it came back to me like a couple weeks later. It was like, Mike, remember that T-shirt we talked about? It's like, oh yeah, I totally forgot. So they're they're awesome. They're coming. Be patient. It's gonna take us a couple weeks, but it will get to you. Congratulations, boys. Awesome episode. 
awesome week of cross country. Um, this is something we've been gearing up for since we started coming on like nine months ago. Um, but Mike, what do you got for people on the bell app? Steve, Thanksgiving is tomorrow. And this is the time of the year for, uh, you know, like I said, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, high school reunion, we got food, we got football on the television. It's a great time of year, but I also feel like it's an underratedly important time of year for like cross country teams. A lot of places are doing like their cross country alumni race and their, you know, turkey trots and stuff like that. So Thanksgiving is an underrated like runner time of the year. So I think, you know, celebrate your, uh, you know, your, your dedication, your running, whether it's, you know, doing a hungover road race or doing your alumni race, or even if it's just, you know, getting out that Friday after Thanksgiving, like, oh man, I got to reevaluate my life and knock off a few pounds from yesterday. It's just, you know, there's a lot of things that Thanksgiving are great for, but let's not forget that it's a great time for running as well. Trent, what do you got for people on the Bell app? Yeah, I just want to tell people to uh, to be safe out there. Make sure you uh, just take everything, you know, very seriously. Pop a trental, so, uh, pop a trental. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's that time of year where um, you know, there's some cold rain out there. You know, you're wearing uh, <laughs> you're wearing a couple of layers. Uh, your nipples start chafing real bad. That type of thing. So it's it's chafing season. Everybody, get your body glide. It happened to me this week. It could have gone really bad. It, I mean, it did go really bad. I'm out there like you know, it's 35 degrees in Boston, and I have no shirt on solely to to protect myself. So uh, just be safe out there, folks. Yeah, Sounds safe, like you need safety first. Always need protection. for some body glide. <laughs> um, Mike, Mike, you stole my my bell lap. Um, this is the time of year if you're a runner and if you're in any kind of shape. This is the time of year where you got to stunt on people. You got to get out there at the right. alumni race. You got to get out there at the turkey trots, and you got to, you know, you got to make people think that you're the best runner in the world because you can, you know, most likely, you know, you know, run a run a sub 18 5k and win your local turkey <laughs> trot, and everybody everybody thinks that you're, uh, you know, you're an Olympian. So yeah, so do, uh, use use the little fitness you have and, and go stunt on some people. Do it do it for the washed up runners that can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, I would have run faster, but I peaked too early. Mike, hit me with the Josie. Josie's on a vacation far away. Come around and talk it over. So many things that I want to say. You know I like my girls a little bit older. I just want to use your love tonight. And I don't want to lose your love tonight. Ain't got many friends left to talk to. Posted a thing that said episode 37 with national champion Connor Mance. 
and it definitely makes it look like he won the national championship. Won, but, yeah. <laughs> but I think I'm okay with that because we're not like lying. Whatever, right? dude. No. Also, who cares? So on today's episode of Peak Too Early, we have an interview with your national. Oh, let me start over. So on today's episode of Peak Too Early, we have an interview with Connor Mance, national champion from your BYU Cougars, on the show today. Then we're going to do a cross-country nationals recap, followed by the announcement of our XC. Let me do that one more time. So on today's episode of Peak Too Early, we have an interview with Connor Mance, national champion. One more time. One more time. I would say from the national champion <laughs> BYU. Say, national champion Connor Mance from the BYU. Nah, just tell people he won. Yeah, because when you say national champion, it sounds okay. like you won. So I'd say from yeah. your national champion BYU Cougars. My cup is on the table, I love a spirit.